Welcome to Shift the Gravity, a podcast of Traders Point Christian Church where we talk about what it means to be followers of Jesus who shift the gravity of whatever room we walk into. Let's join the conversation. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Aaron Brockett. I'm the lead pastor at Traders Point Church, and I'm joined by Ryan Bramlett, who is our teaching pastor, as well as a couple of us very special guests, uh, mm-hmm. Tammy Jackson and Natalie Evans. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for being a part of the podcast today. And uh, just want to, uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourselves and uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, Tammy. Okay. Well, hey guys, I'm Tammy Jackson. I'm a wife, a mom, and minister. I've been married for going on 11 years. Mm-hmm. Two crazy loud boys. My house is loud and crazy um, and been a minister. We used to be um, missionaries in South Africa mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. So back now working uh, in pharmaceutical research. So yeah, that's yeah, excellent. Good about me. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Natalie. It's awesome. Hey, I'm Natalie. I lead youth at our downtown campus. So I've been there for about three years now. Um, I have a dog, Louie. Mm. He is almost a year old. Oh. And, what kind um, of dog is he? <laughs> He is three-fourths golden retriever and oh. one-fourth poodle. Oh, wow. And How do you I, figure out those percentages? You've sounded very certain. I am certain because his mom is a golden doodle <laughs> and his dad is a golden retriever. So it, uh, the math works out there. Okay. Um, but yeah, I try to say that he's not a golden doodle because mm. I feel like there's a stereotype around doodles. You know what I mean? So I just say he's a retriever with a little doodle mix. Yeah. I don't know. That's just my preferred way to say it. Anyway, um, so I have a dog. Most of my family lives up in northern Indiana. Mm. And um, I live with two friends from college here down in Indy. Mm. Yeah. And Natalie's doing an amazing job with our students downtown. Mm. Yeah, She's a phenomenal leader. Thank you guys for joining us. We are, uh, as of the recording of this podcast, um, in the middle of a sermon series called Significant Other here at uh, Traders Point. And uh, really the big idea behind this is the concept that one of the things that is the most rewarding about life are the relationships that we have, mm-hmm. um, possibly beginning with family, friends, and then some sort of a romantic encounter. Maybe it's a dating relationship or a marriage. Uh, I think we would also agree that one of the things that's the most complicated and painful things about life are the relationships mm-hmm. that we have, interpersonal mm-hmm. conflict, Um, arguments, challenges, um, uh, expectations. And so we're just diving into that in this series about what the Bible uh, teaches about um, why we crave relationships, Mm -hmm. regardless of how we're wired um, in our personalities, and then what went wrong Mm -hmm. and what God is doing to redeem and restore all of that. So Mm -hmm. we uh, are uh, two weeks in, and uh, it's been, um, I don't know, from my perspective, it's been a lot of fun. Unreal. I mean, uh, the response at the campuses, the conversations that are coming, uh, it feels like it's the right topic at the right time. And I'm curious, just uh, I know you had a long runway into this series, kind of thinking for a long time about this. Uh, Why? I guess it would be the thing. What was it that kind of prompted you to do this? What were you seeing that said, now is the time we need to do a relationship series? Well, I've done marriage series in the past and, um, you know, the feedback that you end up inevitably getting is there are certain people that potentially feel left out of that Mm. uh, if it's that specific. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to sort of broaden it out a bit and um, talk about relationships in general, knowing that that's something that all of us, it applies to all of us Mm -hmm. in a variety of um, situations. And I really think that you know, the, um, 
we have a tendency to sort of like separate relationships into categories, but really like a romantic relationship, a dating relationship, a marriage should be built on the foundation of friendship. And mm-hmm. I don't know that we talk enough about that. Mm-hmm. So I would even say that, that that's sort of that relationship with a quote unquote significant other is maybe the most um, in potentially intense mm-hmm. of the rest of the relationships, but the principles all apply. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a pastor on the front lines of ministry, and it is a common and reoccurring theme of just relationships that are struggling. Mm-hmm. And um, whether the, regardless of people's age. Yeah. So um, obviously we have a lot of 20-somethings in our church. They'll reach out to me, they'll DM me, they'll talk about things that I'm quite honestly amazed that they would even want Mm -hmm. to talk to their pastor about Mm -hmm. um, dating relationships and how things fall apart and expectations. And then uh, one of the really tragic things, I mean, I'm 46, uh, we'll be married next month, 23 years. And so a lot of people that, uh, thank you, appreciate (laughs) that. Uh, A lot of people that um, are around my age category who've been married right around that 20 year mark. There's, it's, it's startling how many marriages end up uh, collapsing at a, at that point. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you're in your mid forties, uh, you're empty nesters, your mm-hmm. kids are older teens, and then mm-hmm. they decide to call it quits. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a lot of pain yeah. around this. And, um, and, and society is continuing to speak very, very directly into relationships. Mm-hmm. And the church oftentimes stays relatively silent around it. Yeah. And there's a lot of shame around the subject. There's a lot of taboo around divorce. And so, um, yeah, I've been chewing on it and on, on it for a while, knowing mm-hmm. that quite possibly it's a bit of a minefield to walk through, but God's word has so much to say about it. Mm-hmm. And so um, came up with the idea last fall, mm-hmm. uh, started kicking it around and, um, and then just said, let me take my time kind of preparing yeah. uh, for it. So That's so good, man. And I know you've mentioned this before, but I just want to second it because I experienced it as well. You know, before this series, um, we did a series on Jesus is, you opened up this huge moment of Jesus is healer and people came forward. And I think I was really taken back by the idea that most of the people that I prayed with did not have a physical, like, Mm Um, healing. There was some of that, but majority, it was a broken relationship, whether that was a marriage relationship, whether that was a relationship between a kid. Um, There was so much hurt there and so much of like, I just don't even know how to navigate this in a healthy way. And just to know, like you already had this series planned before this one, but that's where our people are. I think that's probably what I'm sensing too, is it's really speaking to people. Um, And I know, Natalie, you have a unique perspective as well of working with youth, so middle Mm -hmm. school and high school students. Um, How is this series or just what you're seeing uh, within the relational context for students Mm -hmm. that's kind of coming to the surface? I think what I've noticed is that they are largely not afraid to talk about this. Mm. I think, of course, there's going to be some awkwardness when it comes to conversations around romance and like last week's sermon on sexual formation. Of course, there's going to be some nervous giggles and Mm. eye contact avoidance and all of that. (laughs) But I think for the most part, students are used to having really candid conversations around this. And Mm. I think that it's a felt need for the church to address Mm. it. Mm. Um, Because I think about, you know, whether they're just at school with friends on TikTok, um, mm. whatever they're getting their information from, I think it's already being talked about really candidly and bluntly. And so yeah. just to name things and have a space within the church for them to talk about those things, I think is really important. And I think that um, they're eager to mm. lean into the conversation. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think, you know, and I even brought this point up last week is that, you know, teenagers know a lot more about it 
probably than what most adults assume mm-hmm. or even want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, but what they know about it is like maybe how it works or mm-hmm. mechanics mm-hmm. or what society says about it or the, yeah. um, but not necessarily really understanding the ramifications of the emotional and the spiritual mm-hmm. behind this really powerful thing that God has given to us. Mm-hmm. And so I think we do ourselves a disservice when we refrain from talking to them about it because mm-hmm. adults are just as uncomfortable and awkward and mm-hmm. avoid eye contact as teens would be in this. Mm-hmm. And then we just sort of like assume, well, they already know. You know, yeah, they, yeah. they saw it on a movie, they saw it on line somewhere or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just think we make that um, assumption that just because they know how it works or that they've seen it in society that they understand how powerful it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is a very powerful thing. I, I equated it last week to nuclear energy. Mm-hmm. And um, in the right environment, it brings light and life. In the wrong environment, it really brings destruction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Tammy, what's your perspective <laughs> on uh, on this? And- yeah, it's been really good to just listen in. Um, and it's also good for just married couples to remember how they mm. met each other and mm. that friendship that formed and just the excitement and the thrill and just the romance. So mm. it's been good to just go back down there, remember how we even met in the first place, yeah. um, the how feelings you, around that. How long have you and Jarrah been married? It's been, it's going on 11 years 11 now. Years. Yeah. yeah. So we're not like old, 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 you know. Yeah. <laughs> but remember it was like wow you know like the the dating phase and the excitement of calling that person and you know you had those boundaries that you were navigating so Mm. it's good just rejogging the mind Mm. um and it helps us also just continue to have conversations with people that come in our home that are in their 20s as well Mm. like because they Mm. talk about it all the time just like natalie was saying so it's it's Mm. been really good yeah 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 And you kind of have a pretty unique dating story, and I, <laughs> I would love to hear just a little bit about it, yeah. um, mainly because I think the way you approach the dating relationship um, really built a strong friendship uh, yeah. on the foundation of your relationship. So as much as mm-hmm. you're, you want to share just in a few minutes of kind of, yeah. because it was fascinating, which even what you were sharing before yeah. we started uh, yep. rolling today. Yep. So um, I was probably like in my early 20s. And um, I remember hearing this story in college about this young couple. I never knew who they were. Mm. All I knew was that somebody on our campus was about to get married and they never kissed until they actually were at the wedding altar. Mm. And we were hanging out, you know, with friends. And I remember I laughed to myself. I'm like, who would actually do something like that? Mm -hmm. And I remember I walked home to my dorm and it was almost as if like God put a seed and just pushed it down into my heart. Mm. And something took hold in my heart. And I was like, Well, actually, I think that's pretty cool because that means that they never, you know, they didn't, I don't know, they didn't have sex. And the guy fell in love with the girl until the point where they wanted to get married. And Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I think I want something like that. Mm -hmm. So I started praying and just talking to God about it. Eventually, I opened up and told my friends about it. And oh, my gosh, I was the laughing stock of my friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, they laughed at me. (laughs) And these are my friends in Bible study. Who do you think you're going to find? You know, this, this, and this. You know how people are. And I was just like, you know, it's okay because I talked to God about this. And um, I just really didn't care, (laughs) to be Mm -hmm. honest. Um, So I remember I prayed some, like, three very specific things. I was like, God, um, whenever you want me to get married, Lord, I just pray that the guy would just come up to me, just be really direct. Um, you know, just say, I feel like God is leading me, though you'll be my wife, just something direct. I also prayed that the guy would be a virgin, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just out of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I prayed that we would have our first kiss at the wedding altar. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't tell everybody these things, but these are things that I prayed to God for for years. Mm-hmm. And I didn't date anybody for like maybe two and a half, three years or something. And I was, I wanted to become that prayer. Mm-hmm. So now fast forward, <laughs> uh, I'm working with this guy and, you know, he's my friend mm-hmm. and he's the only guy on the team. Um, and he was just a really cool looking dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't attracted to him or anything. 
anything like that. But mm-hmm. he was just a really cool guy. And um, months into our time there, I remember um, he approached me because I made a decision that I wanted to do full-time ministry probably for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And he walked up to me. I cannot lie. <clears throat> he said, Tammy, um, I feel like you should pray for me because I feel like God is leading me that you'll be my wife. He told me that straight up. (laughs) And I remember my prayer to the Lord. And I responded to Jarrah. His name is Jarrah. And I was like, you know, Jarrah, let me go to God and let me just pray to Jesus. Because if he says yes, then my answer is yes. Mm. If Jesus tells me that I'm your sister to date for a season, Mm. you know, I'll date you for a season. Mm -hmm. We can date for a season. Or if God says no, you know, my answer is no. And I just, you know, left it alone and just went home and started praying. And I was like, God, who is this dude? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> are you messing up our good thing we got going here, God? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, God was just doing something. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, um, God didn't tell me no in my prayer time. And our team, you know, they said, we feel like this is of God. You know, if you guys want to go on a date, it's OK. Mm-hmm. So they let us go on a date. Uh, mind you, we're in Christian context, you know, um, and things like that. So we went on our first date hung out, had so much fun, laughed the whole evening. Mm. And I remember he opened up the car door and let me in, you know, and he mm-hmm. went around and got in. And he looked at me in the dark and he was like, Tammy, would you mind if we waited to have our first kiss until we're at the wedding altar? And I was like, oh my gosh. He couldn't see my face because yeah. I'm in the dark, but I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, you yeah. know what's going on. But wow. it's just the fruit of prayer. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> fast forward, that third point that I prayed to the Lord, you know, as we're getting to know each other, we're hanging out. Um, he never asked me about who I dated or anything. Mm-hmm. He wasn't interested in my past. And he was like, Tammy, uh, I don't want to know your past. I'm interested in like who we're going to become mm-hmm. and our future and your future with me. Mm-hmm. And I asked him one time, like, you know, you know, who is your last girlfriend? Mm-hmm. And he was like, Tammy, actually, you're my first girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I haven't kissed anybody. Mm-hmm. And God just went above and beyond my prayers. And I just not just asked him for somebody, you know, because wow. I haven't crossed that line. I was a virgin. Mm-hmm. Um, God brought me somebody who was that and never had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I was just, it brought me to tears because mm-hmm. this is something I was wow. talking to the Lord about. And, you know, just just for the women and the guys who are listening, I just want to tell you that um, just approach your dating with a vision. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a vision, Satan is going to come in and try to steal that vision and give you a picture, which mm-hmm. is actually a counterfeit. Mm-hmm. And just please approach God with a wild imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, Dallas Willard, he said um, that we are as severely limited in our imagination when we approach God in our prayers. Mm-hmm. And we need to come to him. He says, come boldly to him. Mm-hmm. And I think that prayer is really a, a huge answer to mm-hmm. the confusion that we see, mm-hmm. you know, in the dating scene. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've been married 11 years. We have a lot of fruit in our marriage. I love that man to mm-hmm. death. Not, not to death. I love him to life. <laughs> He's an amazing yeah. dude. Yeah. So that's like our story. And yeah, yeah, what he's done. But Jariah, he, he has a whole nother side of what God was doing in his heart because mm. as the things are blowing my mind away, his mind was being blown away as well. Stuff he mm. was praying for for years. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. that, that's incredible. I really appreciate you sharing yeah. all that with us. And knowing Jarrah like I do, I can see, <laughs> see him saying that. Yeah. And um, so I think that that's absolutely phenomenal. Thank you for sharing yeah. all of that. Absolutely. I do have a question though. Mm. Yep, for sure. Like, is he a good kisser? Whoa. <laughs> he that's, is. That's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, we've had 11 years practice, so you yeah. know. <laughs> no, but I, I love that. And because I do a lot of premarital counseling now, and you know, one of the first questions as we get going with counseling is, hey, are you guys having sex? And usually there's an awkward pause and they decide they're trying to decide, are we going to lie? Um, are we going to start yeah. it off here? Are we going to tell the truth? What happens if we tell the truth? Yeah. Um, and most of the time, it's 
yeah, we are, or, you know, we're trying not to. Or, mm-hmm. And the reason I always bring it up is because um, sex can do a great job of overshadowing problems. Uh, mm. Sex can um, allow you to sidestep a lot of tough conversations. Um, sex becomes a solution to problems, but it's mm. very temporary and it's fleeting. Instead of really addressing the problems, we try to use that. And when you take away sex, it really creates a space where friendship has to happen. Mm. Yeah. Conversation has to happen. We can't lean on uh, attractiveness or pleasure, or anything like that. So I love that that's the foundation that you guys even just started out with. And to hear how yeah. God spoke through it, that is incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I would love, even from your side, Natalie, mm-hmm. of kind of being in the church, um, uh, being single, but not uh, right now. You have a boyfriend, five months, six months strong. But just would love your perspective as kind of, being in this series as not married, but yeah, yeah, just whatever you're going through and the conversations you're having personally. Yeah. I mean, I think even probably, well, probably the downtown campus has the most young adults. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think it's more than fair to say. Yeah, very fair. So I'm around a lot of young adults Mm -hmm. and um, being downtown, even my women's group last night, we were just having a great conversation, like looking around the room couple girls are married, couple are engaged, couple are single, couple are dating. I mean, we have like a wide variety and we can all learn from each other. Um, and so I think that maybe some people who aren't married would approach a series like this, like you mentioned, Aaron, and just think, okay, well, there's nothing for me in that. But um, there is so much to learn and prepare for on the single side of things. And maybe marriage isn't even something that you desire or you feel called to. Maybe it's singleness. And um there's still just as much thought and intentionality that goes into your interpersonal relationships if you are not a married person. Mm. Um, So just for me personally, I feel like this conversation has um, just been really helpful Mm. in my family relationships, in my roommate relationships, in my dating relationship. Um, And I think that a lot of other young people would probably share the same sentiment Mm. of, and not even young people, but just unmarried people. Um, I think sometimes that marriage can be really idolized in the church as like mm. the goal. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that it needs to be that way. Mm. I think that there's so much fruit that can come from singleness and um, just the time and flexibility that you have to serve mm. and to lead. A lot of our youth leaders downtown are mar- unmarried young people mm. um, who just have the capacity to, to dedicate four hours on a Sunday night to mm. students. And that's huge. That's awesome. Mm. It doesn't mean that when you're married, you won't be able to serve anymore. Of course, mm. that's not the case. Please hear that. That is not the case. <laughs> that is not the case. <laughs> um, but it, it becomes more challenging. You have another person to coordinate schedules with and mm. work around. So mm. um, yeah, I, I think this series has been awesome and mm. it's just facilitated a lot of great conversations, even just with me and my boyfriend and mm. Um, and I think that if you aren't ready to have candid conversations around conflict, around sex, around, Mm. um, like a vision, like Mm. you're saying, Tammy, for your relationship, then you're probably not ready to be in a romantic relationship. You better say that. (laughs) So if you're uncomfortable or awkward about it, Mm. um, maybe that's a sign that like, it's not a good time for you to be in that relationship. Yes. Mm. Yes. So I think the common, um, assumption or the the main rhetoric around today's culture is 
like Tammy, you even mentioned it. You know, you told your friends, I'm not going to kiss mm-hmm. anybody until I walk the aisle. And they mm-hmm. laughed at they you. They thought I was cuckoo. I mean, that's like, you know, <laughs> they, they, the, the response is laughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's amazing to me. Um, and so instead of like respect, mm-hmm. like, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that the, the primary thought around a lot of people today, I would imagine this is probably true for a lot of 20-somethings. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we're going to get be as physical as possible as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And the line of reasoning, and I'm going to address this um, in a couple of weeks, mm. is you know, h- how do you know if you're compatible if you don't mm-hmm. get physical or right. have sex? I'm not going to you know, marry somebody and then all of a sudden we find out that we're not a sexual fit. Mm-hmm. And that is just a lie. Yeah. And so yeah. it's it's kind of like, you know, well, I'll hear guys every now and then say, well, you know, you wouldn't buy a car without test driving it, huh? you know, mm-hmm. or you wouldn't put on a pair of shoes without, you know, trying them on first. And it's like, well, this woman <laughs> is not a yeah. used car or a yeah, pair yeah, of shoes. And so what happens is you're actually, when you um, have sex or get a super physical with somebody you haven't made a covenant with, mm-hmm. you're actually training yourself for an affair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang. Yep. Absolutely. So it's so that's what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna engage in this thing outside of a promise that I've made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then it just makes it easier to draw those lines. I had a question to me come to me the other evening from somebody um, who was a little bit older. I'm, I'm assuming they were in their 40s, um, but they just said, "Well, what what do all these things that God's word says about sexual boundaries and immorality mm-hmm. apply if you were married?" For 20 years mm-hmm. and obviously sexually active with your spouse mm-hmm. now no longer married maybe they passed away or there was a divorce and now you find yourself single again mm-hmm. as an older adult do those same rules apply and i'm like yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you yeah. talking just because you've sort of broken the seal and been yeah. there doesn't mean yeah. you it's okay now just because you've experienced it and so i think paying attention to that like if you are in a relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend and you're Dating with a purpose, yes. like you're like, hey, we're, I think I could see myself with mm. this person. I mean, I think if you date somebody longer than like three months, mm-hmm. you know, you you should be going, well, I could potentially see a future with mm-hmm. them. But if yeah. you're living together and you're physical, you need to ask yourself, is this helping? Is this building? I, mm-hmm. Ryan, I think you bring up a great point mm-hmm. about, you know, what sex does is it just helps us mask the problems mm-hmm. that we don't yeah. have to address. Mm-hmm. But then, um, and then it, but then, uh, I mean, statistics just show yeah. you, uh, you are, I think, 30 to 50% more likely to get a divorce if you live together first before marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's, so you, and so if you, and if you've lived with multiple people and if you've been sexually active with multiple people, mm-hmm. you've just trained yourself um, to, like I said, to yeah. have an affair and and then you're walking into a relationship with For lots sure. of scarring and wounding. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it seems, Old fashioned, but yeah. it's not old fashioned. It's wise. Mm-hmm. No, and you know, I, yeah, I hear that all the time. Of you know, it doesn't make any sense. How could I commit to someone like that without doing this big thing with them first of like having sex? Mm-hmm. And it's like I need to know if the sex is going to be good. And it's like, um, you know, I'm ten years into marriage, eleven years soon as well. <laughs> and it's like. Sex in of itself as a physical act alone, I believe can only be so good. And I know there's some people listening right now that are like, yeah, sure, whatever, you, you, you're doing it wrong. Um, no, <laughs> I can tell you better sex comes from greater love and you can't fully love someone 
to the point, the ultimate point until you've committed your whole self to them. So I think now of like what's different 10 or 11 years later into marriage. And I will say that, um, Steph, I love you. Uh, we're having the best sex ever. And it's, but it's because I love her more that my love is less selfish than it used to be. I'm truly more concerned with giving than I am with getting. And I think if you're looking for the best sex of your life, it's, it's in marriage and it's behind commitment and a greater love. It's not through passion mm-hmm. or compatibility. It'll work. Um, the, the parts go together. Um, <laughs> but it's the, the love and the, the comfort that comes from that, which allows you to give yourself completely and vulnerably to another person. So, mm-hmm. I think, Ryan, as you're as you're sharing that, I think it's almost hard to articulate. Mm. Like, I feel like you're trying to like fully encompass the depth of that. And it's hard to like put into words. And I think that something I hear a lot of is people are like, well, if sin is sin is sin, then why is sexual sin so heightened? And Mm. why is it so talked about? And why does it, why do I feel so much guiltier about that than anything else? And I mean, healthy conviction is one thing and yeah, that's great to feel. It's not meant to be something that bounds you or Mm -hmm. makes you feel chained down and shameful forever. Um, But I think that the enemy knows how Mm. like beautifully God created it to be. And he knows just like the power of Mm -hmm. that. And I think that's why it's targeted and misused Mm -hmm. and um, distorted in the way that it is because it is such a powerful gift. So I think like the... Uh, the scope of the deception matches mm. like the the scope of the design. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. So Aaron, I know one of the lines that has kind of stood out with a lot of us from the past weeks is, you know, we damage or destroy our relationships when we look to a significant other to do for us for what only God can. Can you just kind of double click on that and uh, just drive a little bit deeper of what you mean when you say that? What have you seen? Well, society puts this really unhealthy obsession on finding the one. Mm. And I really don't believe in the concept of the one. Mm. Um, I think that, and the reason why I say that is not because I'm like down on romance, um, (laughs) is because uh, uh, there are uh, so many people in the world that you could have um, chemistry and connection with. Mm. I also say this, that I know several people that have been widowed mm. who remarried. Yeah. And yeah. so you got to go, well, who was your one? Mm. You know, mm. was it the former? Was mm. the, I mean, they and they would tell you, but yeah, I, they were both one, They yeah. were, mm. but they were both different. Mm. So um, the concept of the one where I've got to just like find this person that completes me mm. is just um, a bunch of nonsense. Um, whenever we end up like... Um, pursuing somebody and we think that this other person is going to meet all my expectations. It goes back to that quote that C.S. Lewis gave, mm-hmm. is that we first turn somebody into a god, a, a false idol, in mm-hmm. lowercase g, god. Mm-hmm. They'll eventually become a demon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, talking to uh, somebody this past week whose marriage fell apart, and that was one of the things that she told me. Is she said, I, I made my husband my idol, and he eventually became my demon. Mm-hmm. And it's just this like unhealthy set of expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that Primarily, like within a Christian marriage, um, you need to find. I heard it described to me this way: uh, run hard and fast towards God, mm. 
And then if you look to your left or your right and you see somebody running just as hard and fast towards God as you are, marry them. Mm. Yeah. It's like, don't, don't drag somebody, yeah. you know, don't like, oh, come on. Um, and, and then you're both running in the same direction towards him. Your focus is upon him. Mm. And so you're yeah. complimenting one another. You're mm-hmm. not fulfilling each other. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd love to throw this question kind of out to the table. So whoever has the first answer, you win. Um, <laughs> is there a buzzer or something? Yeah, there is a buzzer. But just kind of stepping back, what would you say is your biggest personal challenge in relationships and how have you learned to navigate it? Hmm. Biggest challenge when it comes to relationships. This is dating relationships, friendships, or just... Whatever's the first one that comes, this could be a marriage context, it could be dating, it could be friendships, just relationships in general. And maybe it's just in this season. What are you uniquely Mm -hmm. finding as difficult? I think that just being able to name and communicate my insecurities is mm. huge. Um, this is, I I did clear this example beforehand, <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear. Yeah. But um, a couple of weeks ago, Noah was at my house. It was a Saturday and night. Noah is your... Noah is my boyfriend. Your boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> right. I'm, um, I'm going to Instagram him. I need, to, I need to stalk him a little bit. Need to check this guy. Need to check this guy out. Give sure. him my stamp of approval. Well, I look forward to hearing what you think. Yeah. Anyway, so Noah's at my house. It was Saturday night, and he, it was like maybe eight thirty. He was like, "All right, I'm gonna go home." And I was like, "Well, that's lame. It's eight thirty. Like, mm. and so in my mind, I'm like, "Okay, you don't want to hang out with me. I'm boring. Like, I smell bad. Like, there's something. <laughs> I don't know. What's going on? Just yeah. different insecurity. I'm like, there's something like you don't want to be here, right?" Mm. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess just text me when you get home. Never heard from him. Like a while later, I called him. I was like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And he was like, I actually had to pull over because I was getting sick on my drive home and I was like throwing up on the road. Mm. And then at home, he was continuing to get sick. Mm. And so here I am thinking like, oh, he doesn't want to be with me. He doesn't want to hang out with me. Mm. No, he's just sick and he didn't want to do it at my house. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome. I'm so glad that he chose not to do that at my house. But then like just naming like, okay, well that like rubbed up against something in me that made Mm. me feel like insecure about your like desire to want to be with me. Mm -hmm. And, and so then I think that like just the lag time between identifying that and like communicating it. Mm -hmm. I think that's an indicator of health in a relationship. Um, And that's not only in romantic relationships, like to your point, Tammy, like what relationship are we talking about? Like Mm -hmm. if my roommate cleans something up behind me, Mm. um, I'm thinking like, oh, she thinks I'm lazy. Like Mm. I'm not holding up my end of the bargain. (laughs) Like what is she, what's running through her mind? And really she's just trying to be helpful and like see something that she can do to like serve me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's like true in work relationships, family relationships, living like roommate relationships, dating relationships, Mm -hmm. like just being able to identify and communicate my own insecurities Mm -hmm. is huge. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I I think for me, it's um, in my mind, I'm a great person who has so many (laughs) great things to say and is very encouraging. I see so many things. I'm like, oh, they are incredible. Oh, I should do this and I should do that. But it just stays in my mind. And then I think what I'm like trying to do, and this is with every relationship, is to, as soon as I have that thought, whether it's just a word of encouragement or an act of service with my wife or um, something to say in the group, men's group that I'm in, it's just like doing it in the moment because I feel like I waste so much of like God's spirit, I believe, working in me to like bubble these thoughts out and like, hey, be this encouraging voice. But for a lot of times I'm like, no, all right, whatever reason it is, it never comes out. So 
big thing that I've been trying to be disciplined with lately is like when I have a thought, as long as it's a good one, um, is to just share it, to send the text message real quick, to say the word, to get the thing. Um, because I feel like so much of so many of my relationships, those little words of encouragement, those little acts of service, those are the things that make the big deal. And I feel like I've been lazy in that area in, in my past. So that's what I'm really trying to focus on. Um, but anybody else, uh, just kind of personal challenges when it comes to your relationships and how are you navigating it? Mm-hmm. I'll be very vulnerable. I feel like I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Um, I feel like as I'm looking back, I feel like one of the things that I wrestle with is that, well, one, I'm a high extrovert. I love people. The fact that I'm here, mm. like, I'm probably not going to go to bed tonight. <laughs> I was oh, okay. really excited. Um, but I think one of the things that I wrestle with is that I just trust too easily. Mm. Um, I have a lot of friends, you know, in my mind, I do. Um, and the Lord just showed me just over the pandemic, um, that he came in with some some shears and he started pruning people out of my life. Mm. And I'm like, whoa, what are you doing? Don't, what about that person? Like, yeah. you really? Okay, God, you know. I'm like, that person too? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I feel like I'm just in this season where I'm just kind of alone, mm-hmm. but it's for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what God is doing, but um, yeah, I feel like that's something that I do. It's like, oh, that person's my friend. That person's my friend too. And God's just like, no, everybody mm-hmm. is not your friend. Everybody does not have well intentions, mm-hmm. you know, for you. And I'm learning that right now mm-hmm. in my 30s. So, wow. yeah, it's just been Wait kind of that 40s. season. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I got giraffe, so you know. <laughs> yeah, just no. just trying to discern, like you know, just that that part mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. So yeah, and I appreciate you sharing that. Mm-hmm. I, I deeply resonate with a lot of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you don't want to be alone, but you're already alone as a leader naturally. Yep. Um, and then it's just further pruning. Yeah. 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 Wow. I, I was telling somebody. I was telling my counselor uh, a few weeks ago, um, I just said, you know, the older I get, the longer I'm in ministry, um, the longer the list of people that I thought uh, I would be in my life forever um, that have left Mm -hmm. is getting longer. Mm. Yeah. And um, that's just like very painful. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say that I think the challenge in all relationships, um, including a spouse, close friends, family, is communication and expectation. Mm-hmm. I think you could kind of trace it back to that. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. mean, even the example you mentioned, Natalie, I mean, that was all around expectation. Mm-hmm. That was about yeah. around communication. Mm-hmm. And um, so we all have these different sets of expectations of who uh, these other people in our lives will be to us mm-hmm. and what they'll do for us. And mm-hmm. and if those expectations don't get vocalized or if they get missed, that, that's cause for hurt. And then just the way that we communicate, mm-hmm. you know, whether we articulate something the way that we articulate something, if we refrain from it. And so, um, you know, marriage doesn't just make you uh, a whole person. Mm-hmm. Marriage just exposes you. Mm-hmm. Yes. It just exposes yeah. all of the shortcomings, all of the sin, all of the secrets, the mm-hmm. shame, the insecurities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why it's, you know, there's nobody that knows me better than my wife mm-hmm. and knows the the um, weaknesses that mm-hmm. I have, the downsides of what I have, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's just one of those challenges. And just to continue to recognize as it relates to a marriage relationship, that there is an enemy who is um, actively mm-hmm. attacking your marriage. Mm-hmm. It's not just a passive thing. Yeah. So not only are relationships hard in general, but you actually have an enemy trying to get in there and just really mm-hmm. mess stuff up. Mm-hmm. And so I think just being aware of that, and mm-hmm. I feel it, I feel that spiritual oppression. Like mm-hmm. I talk for a living, mm-hmm. like I can teach something mm-hmm. and then go home and then like 
you know, my wife needs me to speak and to articulate things. And I'm just like, it's like, I don't know what to say. You know? And it's like, you feel that sort of like spiritual mm. oppression mm. around yeah. that. And I think being able to air that out, mm. talk it out, don't wait to go get counseling when things are broken, mm. um, do preventative maintenance mm-hmm. and go mm-hmm. and, and work that stuff out. Learn how to communicate and how to talk that through. And I'm preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. So um, um, I think that those, all those challenges are very, very real. That's good. And then pointing to those two things, uh, remind me again with, with what you said were the, the two things that um, a lot Ex- of... Expectation and communication. Expectation. Here's what I expect of you, yep. mm-hmm. and you didn't meet it, mm-hmm. and I'm offended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or communication. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't say it. Mm-hmm. You did. You said it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, said it, and I don't think you meant it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's all those types Gosh. of things that are around mm-hmm. communication. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Whereas this is where like the Enneagram is probably been the tool that's helped Lindsay and I's marriage the most. Yeah, yeah it's been really helpful. And just uh, helping understand like how she sees the world, mm-hmm. the lens by which she sees it, mm-hmm. um, and how I see the world. It's helped us, I think, both ways. It's helped mm-hmm. us in parenting too. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's really cool. good. And I think both of those lead to, you know, healthier relationships. And I think that would be a great way to kind of, to, to, to finish this one out. Um, as you guys are just thinking about this, and maybe for everyone listening, what would you share for what's the most important thing we could all start doing to bring on healthier and healthier relationships? Mm-hmm. Maybe just one thing that you've said, I've seen this work, or I'm working through this right now, and I'm seeing the fruit of it in my relationships. I mean, I think that even just going back to like temptation mm-hmm. um, and just vocalizing that, mm-hmm. I think is important. Mm-hmm. Um, we know about Jesus, that he lived a perfect and sinless life. And we know that he was tempted in the wilderness. So mm-hmm. therefore temptation is not sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's what you do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's so significant that it shows up in all three of the synoptic gospels, mm-hmm. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when Jesus mm-hmm. is tempted in the desert and he's alone. So he must've told somebody cause he's not the author of any of those yeah. accounts of the gospels. So he was tempted. That is not sin. Mm. And he shared it with somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's good. Um, that is a good way to help um, establish a healthy relationship is just to, to figure out what are your temptations, not mm. necessarily even like sinful things, but just like, mm. where's, where are your weaknesses and like, mm. where can the enemy get a foothold? And then who and how are you going to share that? Mm-hmm. Who are you going to share it with and how will you share it with them? That's really good because it, it you know goes back to you know we've been walking through the creation account in this series Genesis mm. two and three and one yeah. of the things that we see when sin first entered the world was fear and shame mm. and shame always cause fear and shame always causes us to hide mm-hmm. and so like even what you just said about articulating our temptations you're actually dragging that thing out of the darkness into the light and there's something about um, sharing a temptation with someone else that mm-hmm. that sort of defangs it mm-hmm. and kind of helps to eliminate some of its power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I think that all of us, our natural reaction to any of that stuff is, is hiddenness and shame. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this is especially heightened when it comes to sexual sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I think for me, it's just that idea of, in any relationship, of being curious. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like I heard this once of like, to be interesting, be interested. So no matter who you're sitting across the table from or having coffee with or with your spouse, uh, truly come locked and loaded 
with hearing where they are and then asking questions, active listening and leading to pulling more and more out. I feel like some of the things that close down relationships so fast is I just take in the information and I nod my head and then I talk about the thing that I want to talk about or we just move on past it. And specifically for me, I I resonate a lot with... Um, I am very introverted and being in a position like ministry where you're constantly with people, um, I feel that by the end of the day, it's like, I don't know how many words I have left. Um, But going into those relationships with my kids, with my wife, with my friends of like, no, 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 God, give me just the ears to hear and questions to ask. I love sitting down for a meal with someone and I'm done with my food and they haven't even taken a bite yet. Like to me, that's how I know that I'm really in this conversation asking more and more questions. So that's one of the big things that I've been trying to focus on Mm -hmm. is just being curious, being interested in people's lives, Mm -hmm. truly. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, but when I think about friendships, not necessarily like relationships, I try to figure out like who's the initiator in the friendship and Mm. who's the responder. Mm. You know, you always have in every friendship that person that always invites, that Mm. always initiates, and then you have another person that always responds. Mm. So I feel like that helps me a lot when navigating my friendships. Like, okay, this person is not the initiator. I'm the initiator in the friendship. Mm. You know, to invite that person to do stuff, hang out, different things. Um, Or I try to figure out like... um, what the purpose of the friendship is. Like sometimes you can just listen to a person all day long and not say anything. And I'm like, oh, I'm this person's friend because I'm a good listener. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) they don't need a lot of advice because they know what they do, know what they need to do. Mm -hmm. But I'm the friend that they need to just maybe just have somebody listen full Mm -hmm. out and not be criticized, judged or anything like Mm -hmm. that. So that I feel like having those kind of questions in my mind, Mm -hmm. navigating friendships like helps me a lot. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Mm-hmm. And don't get them confused. Because <laughs> yeah, that's where you mess up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think this goes back to, uh, what is it, the DTR, define the relationship. Yeah. And this is more than even just like in romantic relationships. Yeah. There's a few friendships that way. Mm-hmm. And I think even being in the position that I'm in, I, I'm, I'm very easily overwhelmed by mm-hmm. relationships. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm naturally, an int- I'm wired an introvert, mm-hmm. very similarly. What are you, Natalie? I don't really know. You don't really know? Mm -hmm. Kind of situational. I do value my alone time, but like I really love being around people. I don't know where that puts me. Yeah, sure. We're all kind of on that scale somewhere. Mm -hmm. But I know Tammy's a flaming extrovert. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm I'm an introvert, but I I juke a lot of people in that because they see what I do on the weekend, like on stage. Mm -hmm. And so they assume I'm an extrovert. Mm -hmm. And so then when they get with me, they get very hurt. Mm -hmm. And so they don't assume that I don't like them or whatever. And I know that I'm hard to read at times. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to learn and get better and grow in my EQ as I get older, mm. but I, I feel very, very overwhelmed because I'll have, mm. especially like, I think with like social media and texting and mm. DMing and all that. Yeah. And I try to be as accessible as I can to people, mm-hmm. but I'll get lots of DMs, lots of texts. Like, hey, I'd love to get together with you. And I'm always like, absolutely, man, let's mm. do that. And then I don't follow up and mm. I hurt people's feelings. Sure. And it honestly like slipped my mind. There wasn't anything yeah. intentional about it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's trying to frame up. And then I think I always have this question in the back of my mind, do you want to be my friend because you really love me Mm. or be, is it because of what I do? Yeah. And Mm. that honestly like spooks me Mm. at times. Mm -hmm. Like if I thought, okay, if I didn't do this anymore, would you still want to be my friend? Mm. And I honestly don't fully know at times how to answer that question with Mm. people. So I I find myself being somewhat kind of reserved Mm. in that. And I don't resent what I do. I Mm -hmm. actually take the platform of what I do. My wife and kids and I talk about this a lot because we'll be out in public and people will see us and come up to us in the restaurant or the store or whatever. And my wife and two middle daughters aren't super big fans of that. Mm -hmm. Just simply because, you know, 
private. They're more mm-hmm. private people and, and a little bit su- suspicious of people's motives. My son and I like it, mm-hmm. but from the perspective of, hey, I want to take this and bless you with it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's an honor that you actually respect who I am and what mm-hmm. I do, but let me take that and I want you to walk away feeling good from that. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, it does present like this huge challenge of what relationships do I really sink in deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, just hearing you, Tammy's talk about like the initiator and the responder, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there going, yeah. I think I'm like just the responder to a whole lot of <laughs> oh, no, like, friendships. <laughs> and so it's like, who are the people that I'm actually initiating friendship with? And re- yeah. the reality is, I think this is true for anybody. You got to set those expectations mm-hmm. as well. Because mm-hmm. if you say, no, I actually have like 25 friendships that I'm the initiator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That might be stretching yourself a bit too mm-hmm. thin, mm-hmm. and I, I'm 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 guessing for me it's like three, mm. um, maybe five, and mm. so it's it's so it's trying to manage you know what you have the emotional capacity for, and then obviously if you're married and you have kids and mm-hmm. there's that whole other extra load behind yeah. that, but I think communication, 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 mm-hmm. and I think the thing that probably hurts me, wounds me the most is when people have an issue with me. I've hurt them in some way. Mm-hmm. I've not met their expectations. I accidentally said something that I shouldn't have said or whatever. And instead of just coming to me with it, mm-hmm. they just sort of, um, it becomes toxic within them. Yeah. They just sort of marinate in it and they get, and then they, and when we do that and we all do it, we start developing these narratives mm-hmm. around, yeah. um, well, this is, I think what that person is just all about or what mm-hmm. they meant. Mm-hmm. And that always gets really, really toxic. Yeah. 99.9% of the time when I have an issue with somebody and I just say, you know what? I'm just going to need to call them and just tell them how I received it. I'm mm-hmm. not accusing them of anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, hey, this is how I received it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is is there any truth in that? Mm-hmm. And most of the time they go, oh, no, I didn't mean it that way at all. Yeah. And then we can kind of get it out in the open. Mm-hmm. The more candor, the more you can expect the best yeah. of somebody's motives and not assume the worst, mm-hmm. I think the better off we'll be in all of our relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's a ra- very rare thing mm-hmm. um, nowadays uh, for that to happen. So, yeah. yes. Well, I think that, uh, I don't know if we've exhausted this topic, but we've probably <laughs> run, out, run out of time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tammy, Natalie, thank you so much for joining us. For and sure. uh, it, this time went by super fast. Yeah. And uh, we're really, really grateful for your perspectives and uh, for the wisdom that you brought to the conversation. Ryan, as always, thank you for your charisma, your striking good looks. Wow. And uh, everything <laughs> else you, you bring to the table. Yeah. I think it's always phenomenal. It's an honor to, to be with you guys today. Thank you so much. Uh, feel Please uh, f- uh, feel free to like and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us get the word out. And we will see you next time.